0: The Ash Podcast is also brought to you by the Liberland Aid Foundation. The Liberland Aid Foundation is the humanitarian arm of the Free Republic of Liberland, whose philosophies of freedom, volunteerism, and charity communicate to the international community the compassion that Liberland has for the world. The Liberland Aid Foundation is a U.S.-registered 501c3. All donations made are tax-deductible. To learn more, go visit liberlandfoundation.org. All of the awesome audio and beats on the Blockhash podcast are brought to you by my good friend Tiger at It's Tiger Music. So go check out It's Tiger on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Music. What's up, guys? It is Wednesday, November 18th. This week on the podcast, I have CEO of Education Ecosystem, Michael Garbade where we talk about the role of blockchain in education and how they are actually doing it. So be sure to check them out in the links below in the description and see for yourself. Anyways, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with somebody that you think would like to learn more about blockchain and education ecosystem. Enjoy. Michael, how are you?
1: I'm good. Are you?
0: Good, good. Thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast. I know you're a busy man. Thank you. Um, So anyways, before we kind of jump into everything we're going to talk about today, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background so my audience can be a little bit more familiar with who you are?
1: Sure, sure, sure. Hi, everybody. My name is Michael. I am co-founder and CEO of Education Ecosystem formerly known as Live Edu, I'm a mix of an engineer and business guy. So I code in Python, I do Django, I do JavaScript, I do um, Quasa as well. I worked in the past at Amazon, I worked at GE, I worked at only Credit as well. Before that, I co-founded an e-commerce cashback company called Kyoda. And I have experience in e-commerce, I have experience in venture capital, I have experience in you know, investment banking. I have experience in corporate finance, and um, I used to work in Europe, and I used to work in Europe and Asia. And um, from my studies, I studied business administration, physics for my master's degree, and then um, I completed a PhD in finance. Wow. Did uh, you travel a lot? Yeah, I, I have traveled a lot. Um, I travel a lot for work, and uh, in general, I like traveling, and the different you know roles that I was uh, I like, took over, they allowed me to travel because like, um, I was involved in companies that were kind of like based in um, Europe, Asia mostly.
0: Yeah. Where, where's the place that you enjoyed working the most?
1: Actually, that's interesting. So um, I know Europe pretty well. So I kind of like grew up in Europe. So I didn't find Europe interest, uh, interesting anymore after school, um, after college. So I found Asia pretty interesting because everything was new, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I had a chance to work in China. I had a chance to work in Japan. I had a chance to work in Singapore. And um, because like Asia is not that huge, I got the opportunity to see like you know many places. And that was like a new experience for me. It was a new culture. Everything was new for me. So I found like um, Asia pretty interesting.
0: Was it hard to adapt yeah. like with the different language and everything to work sure. there?
1: Well, oh, that's interesting. So overall, it was not pretty hard because I didn't even have to learn any language because mostly people I was dealing with, they spoke English, right? right so in right. business, I was speaking English. Um, privately, people spoke English as well. So, um, you know, compared to the US, people in Asia speak you know second language, which is English pretty well. Oh, that's so, right. Um, something that you need to kind of like command to kind of like um, progress in your career. So, English is pretty common.
0: Good, good. Well, I mean, that's helpful. <laughs> I've only been to Latin America and I've been to Europe once, so I got some traveling to do still. So tell me about um, education ecosystem, like what is it?
1: Sure, sure, sure. Um, so education ecosystem is a decentralized peer-to-peer project-based learning platform, right? For people to improve their job skills in areas such as artificial intelligence, cybersecurity, game development data science and programming right we mm-hmm. are the world's biggest project-based learning platform and what we do is basically we teach people how to build products right unlike any online education you know company that you know that you're heard of like udemy or coursera mm-hmm. um we are not focused on beginners right we are more focused on intermediates uh, to experts right we are focused on people who already know um you know what they do who already have like um, two to three years experience, right, and want to improve their skills that they already have, right. Mm-hmm. So our users are mainly professionals and college students who already, you know, have work experience, right, and are just interested in improving their existing skills to get better at what they do. So the area that we cover is called professional development. Right. Even though we always say we are an online education company, we save because it's much easier for people to understand. Right. But we are very much focused on, you know, in the professional development uh, market. Right. And that is a $360 billion market overall. Right. And our users are generally located in the U.S. We have our users in the U.S., Europe and Asia. Right. And our product is like a hybrid of Twitch and Pluralsight slash Linda right? So Mm -hmm. we have like a a hybrid type of product. And our mission is pretty simple. We want to teach people how to build real products. That's what we do.
0: Okay, gotcha. So what is the mission to help provide like education to people in different um, niches? Um, Or is it for professionals to have an opportunity to teach independently? Like what's the main goal?
1: So our main goal is very simple. So um, normally, um, if you think of somebody who's like an engineer, right? Or who is like a cybersecurity engineer, software engineer, normally what happens is it takes these people a lot of years to kind of like acquire the skills they need to build real products, right? There is a difference between somebody just knowing, for example, um, you know, game development or Python to the point where the person really builds a product with Python, right? Builds an application with Python, right? Right. And that's where we come in. We come in where we kind of like teach people to kind of like build real products with the skills that they have, right? And the way we do it is a project-based learning approach. So basically, people come to our platform, they see like real projects, real products, and they kind of like land with this pro- products how to build a full like scope product from A to Z. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you take cybersecurity, we teach people how to build like cybersecurity applications, right? From A to Z. If you think of game development, we teach people how to build like real games and release it, right? So that's where like, uh, that's like our sweet spot and that's where we carry.
0: So how does it work? So like if I wanted to build out a game um, and I wanted to use the platform to get the knowledge to do that, like how would that work?
1: So imagine education ecosystem as a library where you come and you have like a ton of different projects Mm -hmm. that you can choose from depending on your preference, right? Let's say you want to learn how to build like a game in Unity, right? And you have learned the basis of Unity on Coursera. You don't mean you know like the basics of Unity, or you have worked like one or two years in Unity space and you want to kind of improve your Unity skills. You come on education ecosystem, and you see a huge library of Unity games, you take that, those Unity games, right? And you kind of like can build this product, you can see the whole code for this um, game, right? You see all the different, you know, all the different assets you need for the game. You can see a video of how this game is built by a project creator from scratch to end, step by step, and he explains it, right. And you can also see all the resources he uses. You can see all the source code. You can you know you can clone this source code and you can replicate everything yourself.
0: Okay, very cool. So, I assume what makes the platform uh, valuable for someone to use is the professionals on the platform. So, how are you guys incentivizing? professionals to teach these things and to be involved?
1: That's a good question. So the project creators, uh, the professionals you mentioned are project creators, right? Okay. We have about 20,000 project creators and this project creators, you know, they cover the six categories. We cover programming, artificial intelligence, cybersecurity, uh, data science and blockchain. Right. And this this project creators, we incentivize them mainly with our little tokens. Right. So we incentivize them with cash and little tokens. But little tokens is the majority part of the incentive that we provide them. Right. So if a creator creates projects of education ecosystem, that person is awarded a certain number of little tokens. Right. And those little tokens is like what is used as the main form of payment mechanism for project creators.
0: Okay. So are the the lady tokens, those come from the, from the users and end up going to the um, project creators, or do they come from the platform? Um, Like how are those distributed, I guess?
1: That's a good question. So at the inception of the lady token, when we kind of launched lady token, we created like a pool of lady tokens, right? And that pool of lady tokens is dedicated for project creators, right? So project creators are a very important, you know, stakeholder in our ecosystem, right? They are a very important player. So for um, project creators, we created a pool of lady tokens, right? And that pool of lady tokens is what we distribute to project creators when they create projects, right? Mm -hmm. So we have like a base amount of lady tokens, right? That we distribute and on top of it, each time that each time a viewer requests and, you know, a custom project, we get additional LED token from that user. And that those tokens we distribute them also, also to project creators.
0: Okay. So are the LEDU tokens solely used for, for payments or do they have another functionality?
1: That's a good question. So LEDU token is our native ecosystem currency, right? Mm-hmm. And Ledu tokens are used for, you know, for payments in our ecosystem, for incentivizing ecosystem participants, right, to contribute positively in the ecosystem to contribute your way. And on the viewer side, that means the people watching the content, the people um, learning, the people practicing with their projects. On the viewer side, the viewers use Ledoo to pay for custom project orders. Right? If a viewer wants to kind of order a custom project, wants to order like a custom cybersecurity project, game development project, they pay with Ledoo tokens. Right? Mm -hmm. On the project creator side, Ledoo is used for paying project creators. And on the community member side, we use Lido basically um, for paying community members that support that, you know, support the ecosystem, meaning those that are running like content quality checks, those that, that are running bounty promotion programs, and those that are running airdrops to kind of promote Lido.
0: Okay. So where can All I right. trade LADU tokens? Like if I have some, do I go to like um, an exchange like Binance or Bitrix or? Is there another Right, way? so yeah,
1: little token is currently traded on. You can trade little token on IDEX, You can trade little token on Decoin. You can trade little token on Metacos. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so far, we have not in, intentionally. We have not, um, you know, targeted big exchanges like Binance because we are really much focused on the utility of our token than just, you know, using it as a speculative object. Uh, Right. So we have kind of like refrained from uh, those exchanges like Binance because um, Binance is not bad, but Binance, that's like a strong drive towards speculation. The tokens that are there, they just like they have like a strong drive towards speculation. And we are very much focused on the product utility uh, of our tokens. Okay. So we we prefer mostly like decentralized exchanges for token trade.
0: Right. That's like our main preference. So, is this live? Like right now? Like, if I wanted to do it right now, I could go to the website and use it.
1: Yes, yes, you can use little tokens. live. Everything is live. Nice. You can pay with little tokens. You can get paid with little tokens. You can order custom projects with little tokens. Um, we have over twenty thousand project creators. We have over uh, one million users uh, who are kind of like paid with little tokens. Who have kind of made others who have received others who have watched content who have been rewarded as well.
0: You got a million yeah.
1: already. Right. So our product is already, um, our product is not new, right? Our mm-hmm. product was launched in 2015, right? Ah. okay. So we are, so we are not like launching. So we, we kind of like have been on the market already. We are not like new, are <laughs> not like in, we didn't just launch.
0: Okay. So you've been around for about five years. Yes, we've been around for about five years. Sweet, sweet. Well, it sounds really cool what you guys are doing. So what's the future look like for education ecosystem? Like, do you want to evolve into something that's like Coursera or do you want to take it a different direction or like what's the roadmap like, I guess?
1: Uh, our roadmap for 2020 was kind of like smashed by the pandemic, yeah. right? <laughs> so, so for 2020, we really don't have a, a roadmap. We are just continuing to do what uh, we plan to do before the pandemic hit, right? Right. Uh, right? Because before the pandemic, we were planning to do some um, you know, um, road shows in Asia Right, and uh, those were shows we need to, you know, cancel those. Um, but our main goal for now is basically expanding our content, our library, our, you know, our library um, for the categories like artificial intelligence and cyber security, right? Because <laughs> with this category, we have like huge demand, and we are not able to meet the demand because like it takes time, and also it's very tedious to create these projects for these categories, right? And so that's what we are very much focused on for now until the pandemic kind of like subsides seats, right? Um, That's like, um, what we are kind of like really focused on. So um, main focus right now, we are not adding new categories, we are basically doing what we are doing now, we are focused on the current categories we have, we are expanding the number of projects that we have for these categories. right? Mm -hmm. That's what um, we are kind of like working on. That's our roadmap until the pandemic is over, before we change plans, right? Right. On another note, basically, our community uh, itself, is building currently a coronavirus telehealth service, right? And this coronavirus telehealth service that our community is building, basically, it's an, it's an idea that came out of, uh, you know, it's an idea for our roadmap that came out of the coronavirus pandemic. Right. And this Mm -hmm. telehealth service, we will offer like professional coronavirus um, services to people who are eligible. Right. So basically, the kind of services that this coronavirus telehealth service offers is we offer like telemedicine service, we offer tele um, therapy services, we offer also disinfection services. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is really much focused on coronaviruses, the coronavirus health service, and the project is called National Coronavirus Hotline, right. And we are developing the product right now and also raising funding for this project. Right. So we plan to make the service basically for the end users it's going to be free. And uh, we are working on currently like on funding from, you know, a mix of government and private foundations. Right. Mm -hmm. So, this is like something that we added to our roadmap in 2020, we didn't plan it in 2019, but due to the pandemic and the nature of the pandemic, you know, how fast it is, you know, um, growing and how fast it is, we have realized that it's not something that's going to go away right away, right? Right, Um, right. Our community started uh, with this, you know, community um, project, and we are almost like 50% through, we expect to launch in the next
0: four weeks. Gotcha. Well, that's a cool addition to everything. So like, did the pandemic set you guys back at all this year? Or did you guys see more users come on because they can't go into traditional schools or educational systems? Or like, how did it affect you guys?
1: So Mm -hmm. the first wave of the pandemic was pretty positive and great for us, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because the first wave gave us a lot of gave us that we even planned for a lot of traffic, right? But the second wave hit us a bit hard because One of the ways that we monetize our product is really to B2B as well, right? So on the B2B side, we help companies, um, you know, accelerate their product developer adoption, right? We help companies basically gain more um, developers with their APIs. We help companies train developers with their API and SDKs, right? And one of the ways that we kind of like, uh, you know, work with companies on this product is through tech events, right? Mm -hmm. And these tech events have been scaled back. Right? right, so all these companies have scaled back their tech events, so that's where we have been hit, um, you know, um, much. And also, like because of the pandemic, uh, nobody knows actually what is gonna happen next in the next month. So every company is kind of scaling back their plans a bit, right? right? And playing more like waiting mode. So yeah, that's how it has affected us negatively. On the positive note, we get a lot of users, we get a lot of traffic. Um, so it's like a plus and minus.
0: Which tech events do you usually uh, attend or look for people?
1: Right, right, right. So the biggest tech events, like um, the be- biggest tech events, are those kind of like. Um, so for each programming language, you can think of each you know mm-hmm. categories we cover. Right. There's the Cyber Cybersecurity Conference. There's the an annual Cybersecurity Conference. Annual Python Conference. Annual JavaScript Conference. Annual Django Conference um, you know Java conferences. So for all the categories we cover, all the subcategories we cover, there are conferences, right? And those conferences, we are there all the time, right? And right. this is where kind of we meet you. This is where we meet users easily. This is where also we gain our B two B customers and work with our clients of APIs and SDK, helping them gain adoption for their API and SDKs.
0: Yeah, it's kind of sucks. The most of conferences are you know, shut down, rescheduled this exactly. year and going into exactly. next year. It's oh, it's, a, it's such a mess, even it's for me, going too. A
1: bit online, digital, but I mean, it's in infancy. You don't get it's, the same skill. And it's not
0: the same. It's not right. the same as being exactly. in person and having yeah, a conversation. Exactly. It's so weird.
1: Exactly, exactly. That's, that's basically the main
0: pain point. I know, I know. Where are you based now?
1: Right. Right now I'm in California. I'm right now in LA. Um, I was normally in San Francisco, but because of the pandemic uh, next two months, I'm going to be in Soka.
0: Yeah. Let me know if you're ever in Vegas. I'm here half the time. So yeah. Let me know oh, if nice. you ever come through here.
1: Yeah, that's nice. Actually before the pandemic, I was thinking of exploring Vegas before mm-hmm. everything kind of like hit, hit. Hard. And Vegas was um, closed. I assume it's still closed or it's still okay.
0: Uh it's well they did a mandatory uh, mandatory shutdown uh for the next couple of weeks. I see. Uh the governor just made that announcement the other day. Oh, I see. But um I don't know, Vegas is still operating, people are still doing things. So it's people are stubborn here. <laughs> I don't know if they'll stay inside. <laughs> well,
1: That's interesting. How long have you been in Vegas? Did you grow up there? Do you um did you just move there?
0: Yeah, I well I grew up in Oregon and I Moved down to Vegas when I went to college in California, so it was closer, um, and then lived in Vegas a couple of years after I graduated college, and then I've been living back and forth between here um, and Medellin, Colombia. So I oh, just got back from Colombia uh, a few weeks ago, so <laughs> recently back stateside.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Very cool. <laughs> Very
0: cool. Yeah, I love it. Um yeah. anyways before we wrap up with the episode how can people find education ecosystem do you have social media what's the website give me the details yes
1: yes so our website is education minus ecosystem.com right and my personal email is michael education minus ecosystem.com um our website is like again education ecosystem.com and there you can find you know all the projects we have and all the content we have in our project library right and if you are looking for a custom projects that you want to kind of get built for yourself you can place an order for a custom project and uh you can kind of like place your order anytime and um we kind of like complete you know custom projects within two weeks they get created by project creators
0: and yeah, we cover, you
1: know, the categories, programming, artificial intelligence, cyber security, game development, data science, and blockchain. So if any of your users has, you know, skills in this areas, mm-hmm. um, they can kind of like create, we're we'll happy to have them on board and they can create projects for these categories, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's, that's it, um, you know, on how they can kind of like, you know, access our site and also access our content and yeah if they want to create you know projects if they want to be project creators yeah they can reach out to me anytime my name is michael and my email is michael at education you know like education minus ecosystem.com
0: perfect i'll put everything in the uh, description so that they know where to go and they can find everything but michael thank you for coming on really appreciate it i know you're busy so it means a lot and um yeah thanks hopefully we can talk some more soon too
1: Thank you very much. It was nice being on your show and hopefully meet you soon in Vegas.
0: Absolutely. All right. Take care, man.
1: Bye.